It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Here with Benji, as always, for the recap of the Olympic Games men's TT and then the women's TT. There'll be two separate files on YouTube, but if you like seeing them quicker, all in one file, they're the same on all podcast players. As usual, this show is supported by our show partner, LaCole. More on them later. But the men's TT, 44K course, 760 metres of elevation gain, slow course and, yeah, super long. They're going to finish it in just under one hour with long extended climbs. Uh, but as you know, this is how we do uh, TTs. We get straight into the results because I always forget the order they go off in. Primoz. Roglic, Thick Rogler, is back after complaining of pain in the in the road race in his back. He was straight duping us. Wins this TT, wins the gold by over a minute to his teammate, Tom Dumoulin, who took a break from cycling this year. He came second, taking silver on 101. And then Rowan Dennis, a really solid performance third, taking bronze three seconds behind Dumoulin, a minute four after Roglic. 40th of a second, 0.4 of a second ahead of Stefan Kung, who finished on 104 as well. It's unluckiest TT rider, Stefan Kung. Fourth, Ghana, fifth on 106. Then a big gap, Wafanat, sixth on 141. Seven seconds ahead of Asgren on seventh. Uran, Avonapol, Bevan make up eight, nine, and 10, all on about 215 to 220. So uh, we didn't see this coming, I don't think, Benji. I think. I was put off by Roglic road race a lot and uh, he's come out with a huge performance. Yeah, an incredible ride. And in all honesty, like the men's race was after the women's race and while watching the women's race, I already felt like the parkour was harder than I anticipated. Like the initial climb and so forth felt harder. It had more influence on the initial time intermediates than I expected. And Roglic already showed at the first intermediate that it was going to be a hell of a time trial. But the question is, was he going to keep it up on the descend afterwards on the, well, not a flat section, but the flatter than the climb section on the uh, latter part of the lap. And he just kept storming on and kept storming on. And I really enjoyed it because obviously last year he had second in the tour and afterwards he put that ride with the LBL victory. This year he had his bad luck in the tour once again. And now we found a way to fight back once again with a golden medal in the ITT. And that's awesome to see. And what was about the funniest part of this entire time trial was when he actually finished and he kept on riding. The officials had to stop him 300 meters past the line and say, no, 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 it ends here. Because, uh, well, you can do the impression. But after uh, he wrote two laps, he said, uh, lap, lap three, why not? Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's... Very surprising performance. And then to, yeah, it looks like he could have done a, done another 10 minutes easily. So big gap from first to second, over 60 seconds, and then four seconds between uh, the quote-unquote specialists, which I hate that word, Benji, the TT specialists. It's like, so just because Pogaccio and Roglic are good at uh, Grand Tours doesn't mean they're a TT specialist, even though like 
Rob was just done well at Chrono Donations in 2019, which is probably the most similar form. If you want to see like, oh, where, where did this come from for Roglich? Um, I want to go back to, yeah, that third at Chrono Donations 2019, 46K course, 55-minute effort, and he it was flatter too, and he was like eight seconds behind uh, Filippo Ganna. But we saw in 2020, I just have a view that, and this is not a hot take. The third third week TT Roglic is not the same as one day TT Roglic yeah. or fifth stage TT Roglic. They're different riders, um, and I think we saw that today. Like, do I feel a bit more, a bit less bad about my Roglic Tour de France pick after today? Yes. Do I still think he would have put in this performance in the last TT? No, not necessarily. Um, and I guess. I don't, know, I don't know. Again, his physical condition, he said he was sore on the road race. He couldn't help Pogacar at all. And then, but we saw in the, the same thing happen in the Tour de France where he actually did a good TT, but then got dropped on stage seven. But yeah, gold medal for Slovenia. They didn't silver in the, uh, in the road race pretty solid from their, their riders taking over gold and silver. But oh, they, they missed Pogacar, man. Did they have two slots? No, they didn't. Oh, okay, well, I guess they couldn't. Have, they literally couldn't have done better. Exactly. <laughs> um, but in all yeah. honesty, like, um, it's wonderful. For, wow, I can't talk anymore. It's a wonderful performance, but I also want to note, like, the second place because we have Tom Dumoulin standing there, and he's come from far this year. We covered the initial, like, I want to call it breakup, but that's not the case. He stepped away for a bit from cycling. And eventually he said, I'm going to go for the Olympics ITT. And he worked for that through the Swiss. Good time trial there. We thought, ah, very climby. So it's hard to say how good that's going to be for this time trial. Well, it turns out he can also do it perfectly on the flat time trial. Well, no, it's not a flat time trial. <laughs> on the on the rolling hills time trials still as well. So very, very nice to see. And it's awesome to see him standing on the podiums once again. And I hope that we see him in further races as well, to be honest, because... I enjoy him in the sport. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does. I've got nothing on PCS saying what his next races are. But a few words on, I guess, the um, the bigger guys who came in, if you're not counting Dumoulin in that list, from third. I guess Dennis, he's also not raced too much. Dennis hasn't done a Grand Tour this year. Uh, his last race was Tour de Suisse back in mid start to mid of June where he didn't go so well in the prologue, but he just... Dennis pacing, Dennis knowledge of – he always seems to perform well at these sort of events at the Olympics or World Championships, especially in the closer to one-hour efforts. So big from him. I'm not particularly surprised. I actually think Gannis' performance is really good, Benji. To finish four seconds after Dumoulin on that course, I think is actually really solid. I think the one who struggled the most, and I've got the uh, I've got it up here, is Wout van Aert. completely crumbled on the second lap. Yeah. His second lap was a minute 24 seconds uh, slower than his first lap. So te- really, whatever happened in bad split, and whereas Roglic's laps were 27.29 and 27.34, four seconds apart. So he paced it really, really well. And the bigger guys as well, not just Wout van Aert, but Dumoulin, Dennis Ganner also were all 50 seconds slower on the second lap. So I think... Is that evidence, Benji, that this course is more attritional than they thought? And this maybe run through something you noticed with Roglic's strategy on the downhills versus uphills. Well, when watching this time trial in Roglic's perspective, we saw that in the uphill sections, which is basically just before the first split, you had that 
climb on that climb, you really push through and you saw that at the initial split. And then you notice on the descent of that, that he pedals less than, for example, an Osgrin, because an Osgrin takes time on the climb and has to try and take it back on the descents, while a Roglic can take time on the climb and can recover in the descents. And that helps him a lot when comparing a Roglic to an Osgrin. Like, Osgrin, I expected more of him, but looking at the parkour and seeing it live, I also don't, because <laughs> the climbing was more than I expected. Yeah, he and, always um, did a TTT with yeah, Almeida. They were, they were riding together at a certain point, but some people were saying, yeah, they're helping each other a lot with drafting. Yeah, that's true, but it wouldn't have changed the race anyway. Like, Roglic would have won it, hands down, either way. So that had no influence, but it was fun to see still. And... um like when it comes to the other pacing, you indeed say uh, the laps are very important. That's true because I feel like Roglic went even more into that recovery on the second time they went on that descent after the first intermediate in the second lap. And that's where indeed Osgrain passed Roglic again after Roglic has passed Osgrain. I've never seen then, that before. And then Roglic passed Osgrain again afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. It was like they were literally relaying. So <laughs> awesome ride in that sense. But like... You mentioned Ghana. I agree. His time trial was really good and we didn't anticipate him to podium here, neither of us, because we thought the climbing was too hard. Now we know that he's done proper climbing in the past, but it's so much. against specialist ITTers that can climb, that's going to be harder. And who surprises me more than Ghana then is Stefan Kuyen fourth. Like, yeah, I thought it'd be incredible. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it. it's such a good. I feel so bad for Kung. He's, he's so unlucky. I mean, yeah, whether it's luck or not, but he's just 40, 40th of a second out of the bronze medals. An incredible performance for him to beat Van Aert. I didn't think he'd beat Askren, Benji. I thought Askren would beat Stefan Kung. Why don't we run through just to humor the listeners so they can laugh at us, us sitting on our pedal stool? Me and you had a shocker uh, from our preview. Uh, we, had, I had a, we had a shocker. Benji had Askren for the win. I had, I had Walvin up for the win, which, I mean, he's, yeah, whatever. Um, he was the favourite. I had Lawson Craddock. Let's talk about Lawson Craddock. I had him to beat Gino Mata. Well, fortunately, <laughs> I woke up. I saw my bet was void because Gino Mata wasn't doing the TT. Is technically, he, you beat him. Technically, exactly. He did a quicker time. <laughs> But I think it's just as well that Gino didn't start. He, <laughs> my God, Dawson Craddock was the worst world tour rider to finish. He finished six minutes down, I think, like just a little bit ahead of the Iranians and Algerians who, you know, just turning up to participate. I think he got beaten by Greg Sapir. So I don't know what happened with Craddock. <laughs> absolute, absolute man. shocker. And, and um, yeah, what it's else healthy. should I say? McNulty as well, Jesus. Just the Americans America. in general really disappointed. The fix was in, man. The fix was in. We had <laughs> McNulty for the podium. It's there was logic behind it. But do you think is there something that we missed and we we're, we're too busy watching all the World Tour stage race TTs? Is there something that we need to remember for next time about there is a difference for these one day, one hour TTs where you need to really like guys like Bevan have proven they can do it you need to take that into account rather than just a guy getting, you know, doing a 17-minute TT, doing well at Basque Country. When it comes to McNulty, I, I'm not sure. Because, like, honestly, McNulty, I didn't expect him to have this shocker. Like, man, is 24 <laughs> on five minutes. Yeah. Daniel doing better. Vlasov doing better. Arndt doing better. Bodnar doing better. Like, 
all those have done good TTs, but then you have an overperformance like crazy that I didn't see coming at all. It's Hugo Ull in 13 von three minutes was on the hot seat for a very long time. Great performance. And looking at his results in the past, Canadian ITT champion, uh, 2015, I think, before Ryan Roth is my guess. And in all those years, he was top 30, top 35 top 25, somewhere around that number every single time trial. And now he comes in 13th on this parkour and he's beating decent time trialists. So honestly, a very good performance by the Canadian. I absolutely love that ride. But I think that another rider that overperformed is, is Uran a bit because Uran's difficult. He's so inconsistent in time trials. When it includes climbing, he's better. When it includes a lot of climbing, he's definitely better with a descent afterwards. We saw that at Swiss. But still, he wasn't on my radar to top five. This he obviously didn't. But eighth is still a bit above what I expected. I, I felt like 11th, 12th, something like that would be around. But eighth is still a very good time. And it's also because it's so close to Van Aert. Like, I think Van Aert just in general underperformed compared to what everybody was expecting by a long shot. And that's a bummer for Belgium because they, they thought... They were going to go get away with a medal. We fought that in Belgium and we're nowhere near that. Sixth and ninth. So a bit of a disappointment on, on our nation side. Yeah, I mean, he was holding the pace he would have expected to hold Benji in the first lap. Dennis Ganner, Van Aert and Dumoulin were all within two seconds of each other, one and a half seconds. So that's surely on his target power. Like he wouldn't have been planning to go slower than those guys. And he just faded more. So whether that's, you asked me the question, will the road race affect the TT? I didn't think it would so much, but guys that were very active in the road race, Wafanat and uh, McNulty didn't perform as expected here. And Roglic, who basically took the day, I'm going to say took, took the day off. Well, he didn't help the Gatcher <laughs> at all, frankly. Um Riding up McCooney with the Grupetto, he did really well. So, is that science? Is that enough data? 100%. Let's draw some firm conclusions from that. What about Avonapol Benji? Is Belgium extra worried about his ninth here, three seconds ahead of Evan and two seconds after Uran? Or given his year so far, it's kind of expected? Personally, I wasn't expecting more. Uh, we said it on the road race and on the time trial that his odds were overblown, that he was too much sheen as a, as a medal favorite. And I didn't expect that at all. And you didn't expect that at all. No. He ends up ninth on this time trial. Whenever he crossed the first intermediate, I thought this is way too close to the riders that are currently leading. I think he was behind on who at the first intermediate as well, but eventually kicked back and ended like 30 seconds ahead of him. But in the end, it's, it's not a performance that is what will come near to a medal at the end of this time trial. And I think that I'm personally not disappointed. I'm happy to see his recovery because you've got riders like him, Evnepool. You've got Diger, for example, in the in the women's ITT. I'm just happy that they can ride a bike already because, like, they've come from really far, and to see them being able to be competitive on races like this is really good to see. And I think that going back from an injury takes time, and for some people, it takes longer than expected. Sure, it won't help him mentally that. He came ninth on this time trial. I think he was expecting more from himself. But I think knowing where he came from, that he should still be proud that he's already in the top 10 of the Olympics ITT, you know? Like, 
he he's got time to still to still manage things. I think Lefebvre brought out an interview perfectly timed again just before the road race. <laughs> like genuinely, I don't get it about um about Evenepoel that he's going to struggle the entire season and they're going to have to start from zero at the end of the season. Like it doesn't help mentally either if your if your manager brings that out a second before you uh, ride your most important goal of the season, the ITT <laughs> Olympics. Like uh, I don't get it, but anyway, like in total, a lot of old performances. Evenepoel, uh, I think that's it's a performance I expected from him personally. Same with Thomas. Same with Bediol was just kind of you know that's what Man. I expected from Bediol. You know, I expected more. A little bit more, maybe. No. I, I just think this sort of experience with someone like Bevan beating him by 14 seconds, that's just Bevan probably focuses on a lot more more experience in these close to one-hour mm-hmm. TTs. Yeah. Uh, Cavagna, I, I actually lied when I said someone else had like the worst positive split while well, not out of the big names. Cavagna was 2 minutes 33 slower on the second lap. He completely exploded, and that's kind of what I mentioned at the top of the show about Cavagna looks to be really good on – the, the 20 to 25-minute TTs where you just go all out. Uh, but, yeah, on this one-hour effort, he, he really faded. Almeida as well, Benji, pretty disappointing, I think, to be beaten by Stefan de Bod by seven seconds to be three minutes 30 back. Uh, maybe he's not in the best shape right now, Almeida, but he's a, he's a TT guy, TTGC rider. It's a really hilly course. Like, imagine if this was a Grand Tour, Benji, which it isn't. Obviously, it's a one-day race. But, you know, imagine losing 3.30 to Roglic. My question to you, which is a little bit fun, where would Mikel Lander and Enric Maas and sort of Ben O'Connor types have finished this TT? Because Gagenhart was 6 minutes 40 back. 6 minutes 40 back or further, I think. <laughs> like, eight I minutes. wouldn't expect... Uh, 8 minutes would be a... There's still a lot of climbing in there, so that might save them a tiny bit, but they just don't have the engine that Roglic or Dumoulin or Dennis or Kung have, and that's where that comes in. But like when it comes to Almeida, it's also it's also difficult to look at those performances because there's a lot of riders that came into this without like races for like months. True. I think the only race he rode since the Giro was the Portuguese NCs. And then you are completely unknown to what that rider will perform because Sure, he can win the the Portuguese ITT, but Rafael Reis is not World Tour competition for a time trial. Like he's a good time trialist, but he's not on the level of an Olympics ITT championship. So it's difficult to draw conclusions out of a rider like that before this race starts. I didn't expect too much from him personally. Neither did I from Cavagnol, to be honest, just because the climbing was a bit too much. And I should have pulled that through to my Asgrian prediction, but I was just a bit too much in the Danish hype, even though I'm not Danish. So <laughs> let's forget about that one. Um, what about Foss? You disappointed with Foss? I, we didn't really mention I think the same him. story. Yeah. Exactly the same as Almeida. I wrote Norwegian NCs, nothing before that since the Giro, and nothing after that until the Olympics. So it's like those riders that had that planning didn't perform at a top level, except for like. Dennis, but he wrote Swiss, I guess. That's closer than the Giro, but it's still a bit of a while ago. I wonder if there's like a rider out there that actually performed well, that did that kind of preparation. Did Ghana do that? No, well, he, wrote, D- he wrote other races since. Dumo did Swiss. Ghana did uh, super weird preparation, Ghana. He, didn't yeah. do, he had the Giro and then plenty of time to get to Tokyo early, but he did that... 
new Italian race on Sardinia beforehand for uh, really weird and I was surprised by it and then got there without getting there earlier when he had that opportunity to when the tour guys couldn't. But, yeah, interesting TT. I think what is interesting as well from this, Benji, is if rumours are to be believed, maybe if Rowan Dennis is going to Yumbo Visma next year and will hold the full discussion for transfers, we could have a Yumbo Visma 1, 2, 3 in the guys here, Robert Stummel and Dennis. And the question is, do ASO bring in a team time trial next year um, to, to maybe think, okay, well, then Yumbo Visma can put big, big time into into UAE. Uh, but, yeah, that's... Yumbo Visma. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> are they happy? <laughs> I think they are. They've got Rogaj Dumoulin next year on paper, according to rumors, Rohan Dennis in the team for two years. So that's basically next year a Yumbo top three. But uh, yeah, they just got to do it in the Yumbo Visma colors next, I guess, rather than in the national colors. Um, that's true, but it's still a it's still an achievement by the performance manager at at Yumbo as well. To be honest, that Haber guy, like generally. For sure. And it's on their Cervelo, it's on their it's on their team bikes, Roglic and Dumoulin, so they're obviously locked in. And is that why Dennis is coming to Yumbo? Because he saw the Cervelo and was like, "Ooh la." Well, I guess he used the BMC, but people get this always mistaken. He was out of con- He was not under contract with Bahrain when he used the BMC at Harrogate, and mm-hmm. so he was able to use that no problem. I thought, oh, maybe will he have a clause saying he can use whatever equipment he wants? In the TT here, well, he used the Pinarello Belit. He's been riding that in, you know, he won two World Tour TTs on that this year. Uh, so he used that. I don't know. I don't know whether what, what the go is. Ineos, they're almost worth a separate pod in themselves with uh, Dennis yeah. maybe leaving Thomas. Richie Port. Yeah, Jesus, Richie Port. 5.50 back on a course that should really suit him, Benji. Yeah, at some points it looked like he wasn't even trying, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't there, and he didn't he didn't come out of this with a good time trial. Twenty seventh, like he's beaten by Michael Kugel, the guy that was in the breakaway in the was it in the road race? I don't remember fully. Elkoff, a uh, guy that rides in a Conti team. So what a performance by that guy, by the way. He should genuinely be eligible to ride at a decent team. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think that there's a lot of conclusions outside of this time trial, but. I think in general, the main conclusions are Van Aert underperformed in my eyes. Roglic overperformed. But I'm kind of really happy that he did because this result, he deserved something this year. And now the Vuelta might not feel like the last hope of getting a result this year, which might relieve some pressure. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, is he conf- he's confirmed to do the Vuelta, right? I mean, yeah, this mm, is... Yeah. He's also doing Lombardia, I think, that's after the Vuelta. Um, will he do the World Champs ITT? Probably should after this performance. This, this is up there with, like, Pagacha, Planche de Belfi performance to me. It's like Pagacha beat um, Dumoulin by a minute 30 or something. Dumoulin said he did his best numbers on Planche de Belfi with, like, a proper extended, like, cat two climb on it. Roglic beats Dumoulin here by a minute and one second on a more rolly course. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge performance. And if he's able to do this in a Grand Tour next year, Roglic, this same level, then he's going to be very, very, very difficult to beat. TTs are about going fast. If you want to go fast and support the podcast, 
support our show partner, LaCole, who produce performance cycling apparel. They have the McLaren Project Aero collaboration. We've been mentioning that for a while now. It's all blacked out kit. You'll look good and go faster. Wind tunnel tested. There's also the new Bradley Wiggins collection that's dropped. Given that it's time trial recap day, had to give the extra plug for the Project Aero McLaren collection. Thanks to LaCole for supporting the podcast. But yeah, let's move on now, Benji, to the women's recap. Get all the stats up. We had more upsets as well and more Dutch, um, I guess a Dutch redemption story, just not the rider we expected. She was not even the favourite out of the Dutch women. Annemiek van Vleuten, as Benji mentioned at the top of the show, maybe this course being harder than we expected with a 44k an hour average, winning this TT on 30 minutes and 13. They do 22k's, half the distance, the women. Marlon Russo, the Swiss, she does get the silver medal despite Kung not getting a medal on 56 seconds, six seconds out of Ander van der Breggen in third. So Netherlands get gold, silver, and bronze across the two TTs with van der Breggen in third. Seven seconds ahead of Grace Brown, lovely performance from her actually. And then Amber Neven, the 46-year-old fifth, crazy level on 113. Brenau, then Dijkert seventh on 216. Norman, Labou, sorry, Longo, Borghini. Uh, but I guess... What's, what's happened here for me, Benji, is I've just looked at Annemiek van Vleuten's last two sort of years on pro cycling stats. I've not really gone back further. In TTs, where it's a 40 to 44K an hour average, if it's Dutch national champs or world champs, she's always first or second. Uh, so should we really be surprised by van Vleuten destroying everyone like this? Well, she was one of the three favorites, so it's not like it comes out of the blue, but I think we just underrated the climbing a bit too much because eventually, well, Von der Breggen obviously a good climber as well. So that take is a bit mad, but I think that Von Vleuten in general just simply rode from the, from the start a really good performance. And the second that you have a good time at the first time check, that's going to give you motivation to keep it up towards the end. By the way, did you note that like, did they have communication or because like in a time trial, you obviously have like the car that sometimes in welter race and so forth always tells you our uh, corner coming up to the right they all so, have radios i thought yeah i thought so as well uh, i was just surprised to see that because i was thinking beforehand perhaps they might not because this is like <laughs> the olympics but it kind of makes sense that they do it's a safety but, um, thing i think yeah i think that also motivates you if you after the first time check you know you're first after that climbing section as von vleuten uh von der Bregen will know okay you're a bit behind I don't know if that influences riders differently. For example, Van Vleuten might get a serious boost from that and like, okay, uh, I'm first at the moment. While Van der Breggen might be like, ah, shit, this is not what I expect. I hope to be closer at this point. And Van Vleuten kept that up throughout the entire parkour. And that's where other riders started crumbling where Van Vleuten didn't. And the co-favorite, Chloe Deigert, is the one that crumbled the most. And like, to me, it's pretty clear that it's as a consequence of the injury because like she looked hurt throughout the parkour i i felt hurt watching her ride and even after the race finished she was laying on the ground and she felt like it looked like she was cramping in her left leg the leg where she had the injury so it's unfortunate to see that she's still having consequence of that but on the other hand it's awesome to see that she's able to ride at such a competitive level coming from such an injury same story as remco in the men's race in my eyes. So while the result is nowhere what we expected from Chloe Deigert, I think she should still be proud knowing where she came from personally. But you said it, I think the American that performed 
gracefully today was was Amber Neben and like we can talk about the age but she shows that age is everything because every single ITT and world champs and so forth she performs and she does it again and she might again next year to be honest so it's crazy crazy <laughs> performance like so so outrageous I love it I absolutely love it and what's your other takes on this did you think that Grace Brown would be coming up so closely to the winner I didn't because I was disappointed with her performance in the road race. And yeah. again, I, like with the men's, I maybe overvalued the road race as an indicator for the TT. But if you exclude that, well, who's who's been the best long-range efforts in the Ardennes this year and maybe last year? Grace Brown yeah. in Rolly Parkour. So it makes complete sense. Uh, and she's, you know, seven seconds behind Vandenbregen, close to getting a bronze medal here, which I honestly thought she'd maybe come eighth. So really, really solid. And beating Brenau by a lot, the German. Uh, who's again maybe uh, Marlon Russes? I just her performance is outstanding as well. I got to say, I mean, twenty nine. She, yeah, she been beaten in. I don't know. Yeah, just crazy performance from her. What I'd like to call out as well is Massima Alizada on the refugee Olympic team, uh, riding. I think she's from Afghanistan. Young twenty five year old. She competed here as well. So really good to see that. Um, yeah, she came. She came last, but like, good to see. I think that story as well. There might be some media about that, or social media docos, hopefully coming out as well. Otherwise, I thought Longa Borghini would do a little bit better. Benji, two minutes fifty. Speaking of people who are good on Rolly Parkour, and you know how she did Trofeo Alfredo Binder, just goes to show that yeah. road racing isn't everything. I think Diget. I don't know if it's the injury, if it's cramping. We saw Izagiri cramp so badly he had to leave the men's race or couldn't finish. I still think, yeah, whatever it is, me and you were pretty – we were out on Diget winning this. That was the position we took. But I still I thought she I still thought she would medal. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I still thought Diget would medal. So um, I don't know. I hope she's okay for the track events because that, that was probably her big focus. But Emma Norsgaard, are you surprised by her 337 back, Benji, on a 30-minute TT? Well, it seems like she paced it completely different than other people because she started off with two minutes down already at the first time check. That's after the climbing section, which means that she tried to use the descent afterwards and the relatively flatter part towards the end compared to the initial climbing section to try and stay more afloat. Eventually, she ended on like 337 or something. That's not a great performance, but I think we said it. We expected more from her on shorter time trials than on this parkour and eventually it does display that it's too much climbing and that it's too long for her but i still i still would have had her at like 12th instead of like 17 or something so it's still under what i expected but it's not outrageous that she doesn't top 10 here that's somewhat expected in my eyes at least so i i think that she needs another parkour to do better quite simple as that and that's uh, that's also the thing here, because like Amavi Garcia, she's a good climber, but on this parkour, you do see that the climbing isn't everything, despite it being an important factor, because she ends up second last from the World Tour riders. So, well, actually, no, last from the World Tour riders. So it does seem like she's a bad. It has a. Yeah, like, is that Mavi, reason? Mavi Garcia is a terrible descender. Like, 
like Dani Strada Bianca following Van Vloyt and Horan. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, she's yeah. not a, she's not a good descender. And then in Burgos, Benji wasn't she in the break with uh, the rider that ended up winning the stage from a breakaway uh, from no, Hendrick, maybe the I first. don't think so. <laughs> maybe I'm making it up, but yeah, I think I am. But she's not a great descender, and that's what we saw is riders who are able to freewheel in the descents or get a bit more recovery there and then attack the climbs with the riders that did really well. Or, yeah, maybe I guess that's how Van Vleuten approached approached this race. I'm still surprised that she put a minute or two into uh, Van der Breggen. Yep. I guess she did have good legs, mainly because I guess that goes to show how strong Kiesenhofer was, Benji, that she held a gap stable at five minutes to Van Vleuten when she attacked him and then was trying to TT in the road race. But, yeah, I, I think a minute or two into Van der Breggen, it's crazy, but still redemption, I guess, for the Dutch women. I mean, they've taken what silver in the road race, now gold and bronze. They can't be too mad with that. You know, Diget could have beaten them. I guess what's what's next for Van Vleuten? We've got, I think the uh, we've got the ladies' tour of Norway coming up. Yep. I'm not sure if she's doing the Theratizit World the Challenge. Surely she'll be doing World Champs. Would you expect – I'd expect Diget to be much better on the World Champs TT course, Benji, right? Mm, I think so as well. The parkour should fit her much better on paper. Yeah, that's true. So you're right. I expect her to do better there. But it really just felt like injury-driven pain in the second lap for me. Like it's true. exactly the spot on her leg that she was holding that was a spot where she had the huge cut. So – I hope it's not staying. I hope that she finds a way to push through that barrier and finds a way to to just upper upper uh, performances again. But it's still a great performance in my eyes, just because she came back from that. But um, I think like looking at Van der Breggen, what's next for her? We know that she's retiring at the end of the season. She was planning to do so after the Olympics because she wanted a final shot at the Olympics ITT. And now she got that. She ended up with bronze. And I guess she's now going towards a DS role or something at, at this D-Works, which yes. I think she's going to do really well personally. But it's interesting because, like, it's her final. Is she going to be disappointed with a bronze medal, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think the target was gold for her. That's why I was so surprised she didn't work as a domestique in the road race. I thought her yep. target was because she had the gold in road race 2016. I thought her, her aim was gold in the TT uh, Van Vloyen was just on a better day and, yeah, the course was super hard, like 43k an hour average. I think Van der Breggen, we saw in the uphill TT at the Giro Rosa, like she's just unbeatable, but that wasn't really, didn't seem to be too relevant here. Uh, that was like 27k an hour average and, yeah. Yeah, but it was an uphill dam trial, so yeah. I didn't expect it to be 50k an hour either, to be honest. <laughs> so... I don't know what's next for her. Well, I can't see any races next on her program. She's retiring at the end of the year, not now. Hopefully, she can go out with a bang at either World Champs or uh, in the road race or the ITT or the uh, Wealth of Theratizit Challenge if she's doing that, which is a World Tour, a Women's World Tour stage race. But yeah, Marlon Russa, solid from her. I think she's kind of gets the Kung treatment where she's often competing against. Yeah. She's never won a World Tour race, Benji. Really? Yeah, she is never. Kelderman? Yeah, she never won a TT against anyone except uh, Switzerland, the Switzerland national champs. 
that's insane. Like she deserves more at the, at this point. We should start a we should start a, a petition to get her a, a victory somewhere. She, like, we need, yeah, we need, we need to send her to the right races. We need to just get her going <laughs> to like if Marlon Ruiz says she's obviously. I guess the problem is there's not that many TTs for the women throughout the year as well. But yeah, yeah. I mean she 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 arose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe she never won a race. I'm so shocked by that. Uh, but yeah, any last thoughts on the women's TT, Benji? Really enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy the fact that I woke up at 4am, but now I feel like I know how it felt for you in the past. It's always funny because like living <laughs> in Australia, you're prepping to move to Europe to apply a different schedule and then you can watch throughout the days and then you arrive at the Olympics and it's in Japan and it's back in your old time zone, basically. So uh, I just find it funny, but now I feel uh, like I know how it feels for you. So that's pretty enjoyable. Um, nonetheless, I enjoyed the time trial. I think that it's good that the Dutch had their fight back. We were expecting a Dutch winner, just not this one. And um, I'm happy that we see Dijkert compete again at a, at a level. At any level, to be honest. So that's what I'm happy I, I about. I thought the Dargett story was sad, to be honest. I really? Think, well, this is not what she wanted and it's not the level she she's better than this. So whatever's gone wrong with her recovery, yeah, it's a shame. Um, hopefully it's just cramps. But I want to see Dargett in Europe. Come on. After the Olympics, Kenny Schramm, they got her on a deal till 2024. Yeah. She's been in America all year and then come to the Olympics. That was her target after... She, you know, she had the crash last year, then recovery, then Olympics postponed, then she can focus on the gold medals at the Olympics. Okay, done now. I want to see her in Europe, road racing, see what she's got. Hopefully, she's she'll do the world champ. Pardon? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. gonna win races. She's like, a beast. Well, what kind of races would you would you would you say she could win throughout the season? What type of parkours and such outside of time trials? Uh, like the world champs parkour looks pretty good for her, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look look through the races that not Flesh, not Liège, not Amstel. Uh, probably the problem is her handling. So like I want to yeah. say Tour of Flanders and Omloop, but the problem is her handling in Tour of Dutch. So that's the main obstacle for her. So handling her bunch ability, uh, she's probably better in say Giro Rosa, more normal stages. She's I, I I see a problem for her in the Belgian classics if she has, still has the bunch issues. Um, yeah, I but, think the initial uh, races that she could indeed do well at is a stage win here or there in such races like uh, Giro Rosa, but also in like a Burgos or something yeah. and those type of races. And even if you say, for example, to Flanders, you could pull that back and you could say she could do well in Brugge de Pana because it has less cobbles. He, it has less of those hilly terrain, but towards the end it's often decided with riding very fast on a very uh on a very important moment and try and get away from a group or something try and go solo to the line from a group that has a sprinter somewhere and they don't want to work together grace brown style for example so i don't know there's just there it's gonna be interesting that's i guess a conclusion yeah i can't wait that's why i want to see it i want to see this this project taking a pursuit rider from america not you know, she's the only one with solos in the like Colorado Classic off the front. Put her in Belgian conditions. Let's see what can happen um, and try and break up the Dutch dominance. But anyway, or Grace Brown dominance rather in the Ardennes next year. Let's calm down. Grace Brown <laughs> absolutely slapped Emmy Vollering in every single race with no Van der Breggen to hold her hand at the end of Liège and course. But that's <laughs> the end of the podcast recap today. Hope you enjoyed me going bonkers at the end. We'll see you with what's next, Benji? 
Classic San Sebastian this weekend. Holy yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, we got to talk about it. Like, there's first San Sebastian, then the Vuelta starts. We've got Bing Bang Polonia. We have Ladies Tour of Norway, the Women's Tour. We have Simak Ladies Tour. We've got about five women's stage races in the span of a month. And then you've got Lombardia, Roubaix, World Champs, European Champs. It's it's gonna be a busy ride still. Like it looks <laughs> like it's it's almost over the season because we're after the France, after the Olympics, but we're basically just halfway. And on one end, I'm very happy about it. On the other end, I'm not sure I'll survive towards the end of the season. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's a lot of racing, but I'm looking forward to all the women's racing, a lot of different races coming up. Certainly. Um, I've forgotten when the Arctic race is. I've got video rights for that, so they'll have highlights on my main channel. Uh, we won't have podcast recaps of that because it's not a world tour-level race. And then we'll have the Welter, so we'll have our big Welter previews. But if you want to support the podcast, if you're enjoying all the content and maybe want to give us a bit of motivation for the upcoming grind, make sure to give us a like on the video or subscribe to the YouTube channel if that's where you listen. Give us a review on podcast players or a rating, even if it's abuse, if it's five stars, I don't care. I like to laugh at the reviews. And yeah, otherwise, we've also got a Ko-Fi link down below if you want to support the podcast directly. But most importantly, thanks to our show partner, Luke Cole, who produced Performance Cycling Apparel. But until San Sebastian, I think, unless Benji tells me otherwise, see ya. <laughs>